podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Hello and welcome to ESSR Central, once again hosted by me, Ross McLeod. Once again, joined by one of the only three people that seems to do this show anymore, David Hall. How you doing, Ross? It's uh, good to be back. I've been been away for a couple of weeks now, but I blame that to my newly reinvigorated gym classes. So I'm sort of getting back into, you know, post-lockdown life. He says to the man who's rushed home from a family meal and is sitting, <laughs> sitting, I'm sitting at my bar in the conservatory with like the fullest belly ever. Hey, listen, that's what you get for dining out. It's it's worth it for the dining out experience, so I'll I'll not question you on that. You're just going to hear me have indigestion all through this. (laughs) Shouting (laughs) at Rennies. Just if you burp halfway through, at least give me a heads up. (laughs) Right, well, before we get into much more interesting things in Dave's gym class and where I went for dinner, uh, just remember that not all shows are as dull as that as this. And you can look at our previous shows... uh, Filled with news, reviews, interviews, and previews at Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet on Spotify, Anchor, Android, and Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, and Android. Yeah, I got that right. Yeah, I? you got them all, yeah. There we go. Get plus everyone. A few other podcasting sites. Exactly. Plus loads of them. They, they're under the Androids. I right, just Google uh, Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. You'll find us. Exactly. I right. Google it. I'm no your more. Fucking do. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, at Suplex Retweet. Um, where you would like to send abuse to me for saying I'm no your ma. Uh, that is on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, the lot. Um, we'll get right into a couple of, not a lot of stories, but the stories that have broke this week, pretty big ones. Uh, we'll start with last Friday. Um, Zelina Vega returns to WWE. Um, mm-hmm. Bit of a shock that. There was no, there was stuff rumoured, but nothing concrete for, for, for a wee bit. And then just out of the blue, Sonia Deville comes out, she announces the next women's competitor. We think, you know, who's it going to be? Who does the SmackDown roster have? Well, we didn't know the heads of Zelina. Say that again? Who do they have left, more like? Exactly. Well, apparently Zelina Vega's back, so that's another hole plugged on the SmackDown roster. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because uh, I'd seen reports, like, a few weeks ago, like, she uh, apparently was reported to the Performance Centre. So there was some possibility that, you know, she could be coming back but i don't think i think it's the the rumors and suspicions sort of died down a bit and then all of a sudden you think oh wait yeah i remember like there was reports about this so but it wasn't exactly the most memorable of comebacks it's almost as if she was away from like as if she'd been off with like a year-long injury or something and then you know people were expecting her to come back any time now so it wasn't like a a huge shock per se yeah she returns she's part of the money in the bank field um i, I seen a lot of people complain online so She'd a, a wee back and forward with Liv Morgan, uh, absolutely schooled Liv Morgan on the mic, Was really, cut a really good promo, and then she lost to Liv Morgan. By a roll-up. I don't, I don't mind it because Liv Morgan's on this sort of push thing. I think she's winning the women's money in the bank. I think she, she won't get in until the night. I think they'll have like a second chance battle royal, and she'll get in. But sort of, I've now had my first chance I want in this battle royal. She'll win it. And she'll win the briefcase, so I don't. I don't mind her winning. And Zelina Vega, she's 
I'm glad she's going to wrestle more and she'll probably be a heel. So her losing to the up-and-coming babyface via roll-up, don't really mind, to be honest. It's I'm not sure about Liv winning Money in the Bank, but I can definitely see these two possibly having a feud after Money in the Bank because Liv seems, certainly seems to have this sort of redemption angle going on now that it's, you know, Ruby Riot's been released and she's sort of left on her own. She's the only surviving member of the, the Riot squad. But... I'm interested to see what they'll do with Zelina's character afterwards, because, I mean, she could very much win the Money in the Bank ladder match as well. But I like how they've kept her on as a heel as well, because she's a much more natural heel, uh, especially, you know, when she was paired with Andrade. You know, she was arguably the best. Uh, they were the best superstar manager combo they had in NXT, and even to an extent on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, no, uh, 100% agree. They were a highlight of the the pandemic performance center era. So, and she did, you know, we saw how Andrade sort of floundered without her. Um, yeah, it's nice to see her back. Um, obviously, a lot of jokes, uh, Simpsons and uh, mm-hmm. union uh, jokes. Ah, um, yeah, she deleted that uh, unionization tweet she posted out as soon yes. as she was released the first time. Yeah, I think, I think maybe it's a case of, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with supporting worker rights. I think maybe she just thought, I'll delete it now. Know that, like, she's back there. She doesn't want to cause a fuss. It's like, right, you give me what I want. I'll take down that post. Um, but, yeah, I think she's still she's still very much for it. But um, in Zelina Vegas' house, she thought that would be the big story of the week. And then, of course, we wake up in the UK this morning. Uh, and Alistair, formerly Alistair, now known as Malachi Black, is an AEW, and of course, David, he had to debut against Cody Rhodes. Because uh, that's what every WWE release does when they go to AEW. They immediately get involved with Cody Rhodes somehow. But, you know, Tommy End, Malachi Black, whoever you want to call him, that was the biggest shock, like, debut I think we've seen in quite a while. Maybe not since uh, since Paul White showed up, you know, uh, to sort of take on a role as a commentator slash analyst. But... Fun fact about this story, um, Malachi Black's no-compete clause was actually set only at 30 days compared to the normal 90 days that WWE released talent have. And apparently there was a bit of a a screw-up on the contract negotiation side of things, and they forgot to change it to to 90-day no-compete clause. So he was released with only 30 days. That's why he's turned up in AEW so soon. Yeah, I was about about to get into that. Yeah, it's... uh... It's an oversight on WWE's part. People are like, oh, God, how could they be so stupid? Like, WWE has, like, a thousand employees. Yeah. You know, that's just the fucking wrestling side. You know, it's a multi-billion dollar company where loads and loads have been put. I'm not going to put a number on it in case I make an arse myself. There's loads yeah. and loads of employees there. It's possible some things slip through the cracks. Um, it's only natural anyway. Like, nobody's got a yeah. 100% record, like, when it comes to uh, avoiding admin errors and stuff. Yeah, well, so Malachi Black's shown up. He's attacked Cody Rhodes and Arn Anderson. I look forward to the sequel of the UK versus USA feud that Cody had with Agogo uh, when the UK, sorry, when the USA take on the Netherlands uh, when Tommy End is <laughs> apparently going to be playing gold member in this Cody Rhodes feud. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm glad to see him back in wrestling. Um, I'm glad he's went somewhere else, and you know, because. I think he needed somewhere else because his WWE run was plagued with injuries and it was plagued with, you know, he, he, 
it was I thought it was a big star with a ceiling though. I, I felt he would go so far, but I, I didn't think he'd ever be the guy. I don't think he'll be the guy in AEW either, because unless you ever wrestled for the Bullet Club, I don't think you're gonna ever get to be the guy <laughs> uh, in AEW. But I just I felt his run was cursed because he would get injured or he would get caught up in the shuffle. You know, he'd get caught up in the, mm. the Seth Kevin Owens thing or, you know, he'd get caught up, you know, and Biggie, eh, no Biggie, sorry, Kevin Owens' face turn and then, or, you know, the the rise of, even in NXT, the rise of Tommaso Ciampa sort of delayed his NXT title run. Mm. And then it seemed every so often they'd reboot him and do, oh, come knock on my door, come knock on my door. Um, so I think he needed a fresh start somewhere else Malachi Black I mean why not if he's getting to choose his own ring name and that's what he chooses yep. I, I mean it's it. certainly memorable and will get you a lot of points in Scrabble no, the, the, I'm sorry the, the, I was reading a message there. Um, yeah no no absolutely <laughs> I just I, I'm trying not to make too many snarky jokes it's just the fact that he debuted against Cody Rhodes just like uh-huh. Jake Roberts and Lance Archer and everybody else, you know, they went there, you know, Shaq had to face Cody, fucking Jade Cargill had to debut against Cody, like, just, mm-hmm. is it just everyone must go through Cody? One thing I will say about Malachi Black, though, is that his commitment to the character still carried on from WWE, because yes. if you noticed his, his right eye, it was all black and bruised, and he had the, the contact lens in it, that's continuing to sell the the eye injury from the god-awful eye-for-an-eye feud between Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio. He was just sort of yeah. caught in the crossfire. Like like, like I was saying, he always got caught up in stuff. You know, Seth Seth versus Owens and then Seth versus Rey were like the big feuds of the summer and he just kind of got caught up in both of them. And then Corbin threw him off a roof. And he, I know, and he was miraculously okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Just going back to your comments about, you know, his, his glass ceiling, like, I think... He definitely thrived better when he was in NXT, you know, a much smaller, down-to-earth sort of booking format. And it worked well for him because he was able to stand out in a tal- in a sort of talent pool, which was very much, uh, I-, I don't want to say generic, but very much down-to-earth when it comes to pure mat wrestling. He was the gimmick that was over with the crowd. You know, he had a distinctive gimmick that almost overshadowed what he was I mean, not to say that he wasn't good in the ring because he was brilliant in the ring, but it was sort of like it was a good 50 50 balance between the gimmick and his in ring skill. He was just let down by, a, by an injury which resulted in the, the, the Champa Gargano feud continuing. But it's not to say that his time in NXT wasn't bad, you know, because he actually achieved, uh, you know, the NXT title. He defeated uh, Andrade for it. And he, his first loss was to, to, to Tommaso Champa when he dropped the title. So it's. You could say he did well in NXT. It's just raw, ruined him. I think injury did play a part there. You know, he was sort of like, you know, we, we talked about the the Bobby Lashley match. That, you know, so we, we've talked uh, privately about the Bobby Lashley match he had at WrestleMania. Mm. That was to get him on the card, not Bobby Lashley. He was the star at the time, you know what I mean? Aye. He, in all fairness, he, they, had to, he, they had to scramble a bit because of COVID. But yeah, I can see your see your point. Well, we'll go from, uh, you know, missed opportunities with NXT stars to NXT Great American Bash uh, this past Tuesday. Um, Four-match card, only one night this year. MSK defended the tag titles against 
uh, Champa and Thatcher. LA Knight defeats Cameron Grimes to retain the million dollar title. Grimes must now become LA Knight's butler. Easy for me to say. <laughs> um, we've got new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, which is something I feel like I say every week on this show. Io Shirai and Zoe Stark defeating Candice LeRae and Andy Hartwell. And Adam Cole defeats Kyle O'Reilly in the second match of that feud. Um, I think I know what's going to be your match of the night, but tell, <laughs> what is your match of the night? Well, if you thought I was going to say Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly, you'd be wrong. All right. Nope. My actual favourite match of the night was the, the first match, the NXT tag title match between MSK and Champa and Thatcher. Like, it was one of those matches where, the, you know, the young rookies, you know, sort of get a, not a sneaky win, but like a, I mean, it was a, it was technically a roll-up win, but it's it sort of gives MSK another boost to what they've already achieved in, in NXT, you know, with the Dusty Cup, they win the tag titles. They've not had any sort of major losses as of yet. And I think Champ and Thatcher was one way, but maybe they could have, because uh, I think there was talks, you know, about maybe a double turn occurring. But, you know, these guys, you know, all four of them just laid it out. And there was the the moment I think Wesley kicked out of Project Champa. That was, I thought that was the match right there. And then they... They did the senton bomb, the, the spiral tap, another near fall. Champa does the fairy tale ending with Thatcher in the ankle lock. Uh, but then it was just sort of a bit of a mad scramble towards the end, just to sort of anybody just pin somebody and be and you know get the win. It was so it was a combination of near falls, fast pins, and even some really great storytelling given the promo they had the week prior. So, and it's another another notch in the belt for for msk you know they're quickly becoming nxt's you know premier tag team yeah i can see them breaking ascensions record i think they've got a lot of faith in them mm-hmm. and you know the nxt tag division isn't the biggest division just now so i think they will try build that division around them um just your your quick thoughts on the other three matches um what mm-hmm. did you think of the women's tag title match um Especially the whole Dexter Loomis of it and all. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was actually overshadowed by mm. uh, a fully charged battery. But I imagine we'll get to that in just a moment. But uh, I wasn't really sure what to expect. I thought it was just going to be another uh, another successful defense for the way. Because I mean, I'd, I'd love to see Eo and Zoe sort of go one on one again. But I think they actually still work quite well as a tag team, even though they're still still early stages and are basically, you know, like a makeshift tag team made from two singles stars. But you, you can't really fault that with the women's division is much thinner than the, the sort of men's division. So it definitely a very, very good title match, but it was just overshadowed by, uh, by the battery, essentially. Yeah, uh, we will talk about that. Obviously, the return of a... Tegan Knox, she was, you know, the battery promos. Tegan Knox is now fully charged, and <laughs> God, I, I hope that won't be our gimmick. Like, I, I just hope. And, <laughs> and she was wearing a plaid shirt that was about three sizes too big for her. <laughs> um. So yeah, Tegan Knox is back. A lot of a lot of shenanigans in this match. You know, Dexter Loomis buggers off with a uh, Indy Hartwell. Yeah. We had Jesus. We had um, the the return of Tegan Knox, as you mentioned. So 
a lot of things for um, Candice Lorray to you know complain about. I I like Hugh, Candice, and Johnny, and I like when they've got lots of things to complain about. I think they're great together. Yeah, like, but although I think given what they're doing with Cross and Gargano at the minute, you might you might think Johnny sort of feels like a bit of a tweener at the minute. So it's hard to tell what way the way's going. But <laughs> well, easy for me to say, but the um. I like what they're doing with it. You know, it's it creates unpredictability. You know, they're not solid faces and heels. There's a lot more complexity behind it. And I think that's what NXT does very well. There's no cookie-cut faces and heels. There's always a story behind it, and the fans will cheer whose story, like, they're enjoying the most. But yeah, the one thing I think I could take away from Io and Zoe becoming new champions, they do, they do definitely need to sort of grow together as a team. But, you know, that's something to behold within the next sort of few weeks. Maybe the way we'll win back the title somewhere down the line and then they can have their singles feud. But it's, um, I just don't want to see you and Zoe sort of come across as a makeshift pairing of two talented singles wrestlers. Yeah, no, I think, um, I think a story's there to be told about a team that maybe, you know, goes so far, like, you know, Hangman Page and Omega and AEW. They were two single stars. They held the titles for over just under 300 days, sorry. Mm-hmm. And then when they lost them, they went into a really good feud. I think the NXT women's titles, I mean, I say they need stability. It's nice to know that every time there's a special, we're going to see a title change. Mm-hmm. Uh, that seems to be the, pardon me, that seems to be the sort of, right, you know, you're at sort of trophy, uh, sorry, belt that just kind of passes about everybody. So, well, bear in uh, mind, it's only there's only been what eight different women that have held it so far, and that's about actually, yeah, actually you say out loud, it's actually, yeah, eight women is like two thirds of the women's roster already. I was about to say, and it only came about in April, yeah, so it's been around for three months, and it's yeah, four hands, teams have held it, <laughs> it's changed hands three times, yeah, yeah, four teams, three times it's changed. It's becoming so, the new, it's becoming the new Attitude Era WWE title, isn't it? Exactly, or the IC title in '99. Um, some good news from New Japan obviously we won't go too much into this we do have a dedicated New Japan show East Meets West hosted by Scott and Grant uh, I believe it's every other week uh, the G1 has announced when it is going to be held it's going to start the weekend of the 18th and 19th of September and I'm just looking here hold on a wee sec guys yeah, G1 Climax 31 confirmed to start September 18th and 19th in Osaka and conclude October 20th, 21st at Bodokan. Apologies to any Japanese listeners if I've completely... No, no, Bodokan, uh, I think you got that right, yeah. Bodokan. Um, yeah, well, anyway, that's where it's concluding. Um, so it's nice to see things starting to get back to normal. WWE are starting to get crowds back. The G1 Climax is going to start happening. Yeah. And that I've... obviously starts... I'd hold my breath a little bit because the Japan has actually announced uh, another lockdown because of rising COVID cases and the Olympics are still set to go ahead, but I don't think they've, they're allowing fans in the arenas well, for the moment. So here's hoping that, you know, when by the time September and the G1 comes around, uh, they'll be able to get fans back in the arenas. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's hoping. I was trying to be light and bouncy there, but thanks for the COVID update. <laughs> sorry. It had to be, it had to be, it had to be done. Um, yeah, that this is sort of their it's their Royal Rumble, even though it's like a tournament format, because this does lead to their WrestleMania, Wrestle Kingdom, 
and this is how you get the number one contender. It's the sort of mad dash to, after this, it's the mad dash to Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I, I don't think any of the participants have been announced yet, um, but it's good to see that, what do you call it, there is tournament wrestling coming back, and hopefully the Olympics goes ahead without a hitch, and hopefully that in turn allows the G1 to go ahead, because a lot of a lot of imports go to Japan, and it's <laughs> with a lot of people being released by WWE. It'd be interesting to see who'd be there. You know, it's two two brackets of ten. It'd be nice to see some ex WWE guys in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely uh, for for certain. But the um, they've got a few people. Speaking of tournaments as well, there's the I think NXT's got another tournament coming up as well. We'll get to that in a minute, Dave. Come on. Hi, stick I'm, to, the, stick to the running order. I'm setting you up a swagway here. You could have uh, easily followed on from that, but you know what? We'll oh, stick yes. to your schedule. I was about to say, I, I sent you a show. I sent you a show format. <laughs> I mean, you know what they say about formats, you know, made to be broken. Uh, uh, fuck off. I've been on your shows, Mr. <laughs> Richard. Anyway, um, some news from New Japan. Uh, El Desperado v. Uh, Taiji Ishimori for the junior heavyweight belt uh, and Naito and Sanada versus uh, Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. for the heavyweight tag belts this weekend at their event called Summer Struggle which to me sounds like something Jeremy Piven accidentally called SummerSlam on Raw all those years ago <laughs> um, two big big matches we'll be reviewing them on East Meets West um, an IWGP match, sorry, the uh, US title match, sorry, that's a little closer to home. Carl uh, Anderson versus John Moxley on AEW next week for the IWGP United States title. Uh, and this is the the thing about the forbidden door. You know, it's it's proving benefits once again in AEW. You know, John Moxley is still IWGP United States champion, and he's facing a former Bullet Club member in the form of Carl Anderson. So it's sort of bringing a. It continues to bring that element of japan and the bullet club you know a, a faction you know that was synonymous with uh with new japan pro wrestling and i i think this will, this is definitely enough to draw in a like a, a television audience given that ew has finally got its crowds back pretty much in full i think is that is that the case uh yeah so road rager which took place last night is like i believe it was in miami it's the first time they've not been in Daly's place since, I believe, the pandemic started. That makes for a good change of scenery. Yeah, well, exactly. It's nice that people are going on the road again. I believe to, uh, I believe tomorrow night at the time of recording, uh, or tonight, if you're listening to this, tomorrow morning when it comes out, hmm. uh, is the last Smackdown of the Thunderdome era as well. So hmm. it's nice to see people, you know, back on the road. Yeah, it, it it feels weird as well because you know you, you've been so used to you know watching, uh, watching these shows in empty arenas for so long. You almost kind of get used to it, and then as soon as you see audiences back, it's I don't know. Personally, I can't help but feel mixed emotions because you don't know if you know are you going to get a, a sudden COVID spike somewhere, or you've, have you got enough people vaccinated in the arena so that you know there's no there's no danger of it. I mean, at the, at this stage, I think it's the latter, but you can't help but you know, feel a little sense of doubt. But, you know, when we're watching things like AEW and NXT, well, NXT is kind of a, back to that sort of smaller intimate arena in the CWC, but even just watching the Euros, you know, seeing much fuller crowds, everything just sort of feels like it's picking up again. And AEW's 
AEW's audience on Road Rager this week was just so, so energetic and so loud. You almost forget what it sounded like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was, um, and like, do you know when it got me? See when they were, was it um, Double or Nothing? They'd done a couple of months ago, a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it felt like it reminded, I get WrestleMania 31 vibes from it just because during the Adam Page match where it was still light outside and there was so many people there and like everyone it seemed like there was a big special set and there was it just it felt like it felt more like Wrestlemania than this year's Wrestlemania you know what I mean Mm -hmm. yeah because this year's this year's Wrestlemania wasn't even a full crowd like filling up an empty arena just didn't feel the same like in that instance but uh, the much more intimate setting you're going to get a much louder crowd as we've seen in NXT for years yeah. Um, so, and the most bizarre story I think we'll talk about this week. Um, we don't usually do UFC on this show, but a former WWE champion CM Punk obviously had a foray into MMA. It did not go well. He <laughs> was 0-2, losses to, I can't remember who the first guy was. Uh, yeah, me neither. I'm not really an MMA person. Uh, and then losses, a loss to Mike Jackson. Mickey Gall, um, that was his name. Mickey yes, Gall. there you go, Mickey Gall. Um, he went on sort of a tear after that. He went through quite a few, like, he just sort of called a shot a couple of times, and then I think he just sort of stalled from there. But, yeah, um, so Mike Jackson, who lost to Mickey Gall um, and the qualifier to face CM Punk, um, then fought CM Punk. It was seen as a sort of like a, a, an easy chance to get Punk a win, and unfortunately he lost because even when you're in there with a bad trained fighter, he's still a trained fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so we had Punk losing by unanimous decision. However, it's been revealed now that on the night of the fight, uh, Jackson tested positive for, I can't pronounce that, but however, it was due to marijuana that he smoked on the night of his fight. Um, I don't know what's worse here. The fact that, you know, Punk retroactively is not 0-2 because it's now considered a no contest. He's now 0-1-1. Um, that or the fact that someone managed to smoke a joint, get stoned out his face and still beat up CM Punk. That is, yeah, it's, it's madness. But you never know. It could have been a very weak dosage for all we know, but it's still a <laughs> Not still a if it's shown up in a drug test. Ah, yeah, yeah, right enough. But uh, that's just, I mean, it's it's mad to think about. But then again, you hear all these stories about athletes taking weed before fights and stuff. Like, it's happened in WWE a few times as well. Like, you know, I think there's been sto- well, rumors and that RBD allegedly, you know, was a bit of a... He smoked on the devil's letters a fair bit, but it's um Devil's letters. How old are you? <laughs> I'm just uh, just showing off my vocabulary, that's all, but that's besides the point. Um yeah, I think the I think it's a right call because I think in MMA UFC, any sort of drugs, whether they be recreational or not, it's definitely a no go. And it just goes to show, you know. CM Punk could have easily, you know, cut a straight edge society promo there and said, like, <laughs> this is what's this is what's happened here, you know. My opponent is uh 
has been clutched in the vices of of this paraphernalia and I live my clean lifestyle and I should be awarded that win. Well, apparently it was on the night he tested positive and in October 2018, his discipline, uh, his disciplinary thing was signed. So apparently it was overturned and he was suspended three months retroactively. Um, so apparently this has been the case since the actual fight happened. Or at least, you know, the October after the fight happened. So I don't know how it's just coming out now. I don't know. Hmm. I think I think maybe like Dana White maybe thought we we tried to go after Punk, we went after that avenue, we got a spike in two, you know, two shows. But you know, you don't want to put it out there and make that because that fight I watched that fight, it was an absolute joke. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that was what you call it. I think that was just case of let's just not mention this publicly. Yeah. I don't think Punk wanted to mention it publicly either because I think it was a tad embarrassing for him. There was the manner in which he lost that fight. That and you know WWE. I'm pretty sure actually parodied the the Mickey Gall fight in 2017. I can't remember who it was between. I think it might have been between Dolph Ziggler and The Miz. Like the first 18, 17, 18 seconds of the match was meant to recreate Punk's loss. Uh, how, I mean, if that isn't a stab at him, you know, just for performing so badly, like, I don't know, don't know what is. It's, it is a weird one. It's, and I honestly, it, <laughs> I didn't expect to be coming on this show today. You know, we're recording this a day later than usual. And, I mean, we've got an Alistair Black return. We've got the G1 just being announced and we've got Punk uh, now with a UFC, technically a draw. So, I mean, <laughs> the news all broke the day after. It's just about we're doing it a day later. <laughs> ah, yeah, lucky us, eh? Uh, <clears throat> a bit more serious news. Um, Jimmy Uso, um, for the fourth time, I believe, has mm-hmm. received a DUI. He w- apparently blew a 2. Is it 2.05 blood alcohol. 2.05, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, well over the limit. Um, this is the fourth time he's done this, Dave. Um, I know he's he's you know part of the the Anoa'i family and he's part of a big storyline just now. I'm I'm so I'm, that's inexcusable. Four times it's a miracle he's not hurt someone. Mm. Um, it's outrageous. Um, yeah, yeah. I th- I think WWE need to do. You know, we we talk about the amount of wrestlers that have lost their jobs. I think WWE need to do the right thing here and let him go. You don't want to see anyone get fired, but... Oh, no, yeah. He, he clearly has troubles and maybe even a substance abuse problem, but mm. when you do this four times, it's it's now a case of deliberate behaviour, and it's a miracle no one was harmed. Yeah, I've just I've just uh, quickly looked up the, the drink driving limit in the United States. Like, What did you say he blew? Was it 2.05%? Uh, apparently so, yeah. The drink driving limit in the United States is 0.08%, which is, yeah, it's about 25 times the limit, which is insane. Uh, But I think it it depends maybe on the strength of the booze or stuff, but I'm not going to get into that. But one DUI, maybe you you could consider it as a mistake, even if, especially if you're only slightly over the limit. But four times in, what was it, three years, with that yeah. amount of alcohol in your system, like mm-hmm. 
you you need to you need to arrange help for him. Like maybe maybe firing him is a solution, but maybe there's a better way to go about it. Like you know you know send him to to rehab or something. You know make sure he gets proper help because I think just sacking him without you know providing aftercare in some instances like that's that could be considered just as bad. But he definitely, I mean, if he's doing it that many times, if I was in that position, I would want to make sure he gets some professional help. Because I, I wouldn't want to see him, like, you know, get get fired over it, but it wouldn't surprise me if he was. Yeah, no, no, I, I do. I, I get what you mean. I think it is just, it's hard for me to be as sympathetic when it's the fourth time someone's done something like this, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially with uh, that much uh, drink in your system as well, but you know we've seen WWE superstars go to rehab uh, before. You know Jeff Hardy's been there. Alicia Fox, I'm pretty sure, went there as well for like it was. I think she was dealing with some alcohol-related issues. Uh, but the the first step is I think if the the superstar themselves agrees to go to to rehab, that's a step in the right direction. But if they refuse, they can potentially terminate your contract yeah it's i believe i think scott hall had something like that with tna refused to go to rehab and it was a case of right well then goodbye because we can't have you here you know what i mean yep exactly so um i'm just hoping you know they do the same they offer the same courtesy to to jimmy Uso, and i think well if uh if roman you know is going to sort of get involved, you know, maybe lend a helping hand wherever he can, then, I mean, it makes sense because, you know, they're family and stuff. But all I really care about this stage is, you know, we're, I think we, we can be thankful that nobody's been hurt, but he needs he needs help. Yeah, I think uh, I think help is needed there. And I think if he doesn't take it, then WWE need to do the right thing and mm-hmm. let him go. Because um, really, four times really is inexcusable. What do you think um, that'll be for, for his brother as well? What do you think? Do you think Jay will just well, continue think, to be a singles guy? I, I don't think he'll be affected. You know, Jay has done the singles thing for a while. Jimmy was doing the setup. Is Jay out injured at the moment? Uh, well, last time I saw Jay was, um, I think it's still sort of storyline purposes. He sort of walked out on Roman after the the bickering between Roman and Jimmy. But then Jimmy's sort of in this position now where he's sort of acting as the the right-hand man, so to speak. So I, I think Jay is expected to come back at some point. Maybe he's just on a break or something. Yeah, well, he, I mean, he, he won the Battle Royal this year at WrestleMania. He's been involved in Survivor Series 5 on 5. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's been part of main event storylines. So, yeah, I think he, he'll be fine. I, hopefully it doesn't come to this, you know what I mean? Hopefully he does, he does get help. But it's starting to depress me how much we're spending on this. Um Oh no, it's a topical. It's a topical issue. I'm glad we're talking about this. You know, it's uh, definitely worth uh, worth having. You know, those these conversations. Yeah, well, it's driving me to drink. So can we move on? Oh, anyway. I think that's a no. That's a even. That's an awful choice of phrase, by the way. <laughs> it was men your tit. Anyway, um, <laughs> we saw um, last week on Two Five Live, uh, Andre Chase and Joe Gacy qualified for the breakout tournament. Uh, Gacy defeated Desmond Troy and Chase defeated Guru Raj to qualify and at the Great American Bash this past Tuesday we met all eight competitors for the 2021 WWE NXT Breakout Tournament 
Um, so just looking at the, well, the last tournament we got, it gave us guys like Cameron Grimes, you know, mm-hmm. he, he, he didn't win it, but he ended up being the standout of it, you know. Um, right. All seven, all, like all the guys bar the winner are actually doing pretty well on NXT at the minute because you had Cameron Grimes, you had Bronson Reed. Reed, you had Boa, Dexter Loomis was there. Uh, who else was in it? Uh, but yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott was also in it. There you go. So yeah, all the guys in the breakout tournament are actually doing... Oh, um, um, uh, DJZ. No, uh, who? He's uh, ZMI on in uh, TNA. He's like Legado. No. Oh, Joaquin, Joaquin Wild. Joaquin Wild, yes. yes. I, I always call him ZMI on. Like, I, I, I can't get like, the big afro in that he had in TNA. <laughs> right. Um... Yeah, he's obviously multiple takeover appearances. He's part of Legado um, del Fantasma as well. Yeah, tag team title opportunities galore. You know, he's he's doing pretty well for himself as well. Boas um, with Tian Sha as well. Yeah, yeah. So the new competitors are going to be Trey Baxter, Carmelo Hayes, Andre Chase, Josh Briggs, Ikem Giro, uh, Joe Gacy, Odyssey Jones and Duke Hudson. Uh, Giro versus Hudson will start the tournament next Tuesday. So I'm just reading through some of the things we saw. Um, Chase is a, the former Harlem Bravado on the Indies. He signed with the WWE back in February uh, of this year. Um, Gacy, former CWC champion, uh, sorry, CZW champion and of All-Star, signed back in October. Uh, former Indie star Blake Christian, now going by the surname Baxter, uh, I believe, I believe uh, he was one that AEW wanted as well. He was like a big deal. I think he was one of the hottest free agents. And mm. um, yeah, Christian, sorry, there you go. I was going to say the name does ring a bell. I just couldn't remember where it was from. Uh, Christian Hayes, uh, now known as, was then known as Christian Casanova in the Indies. He signed with WWE uh, in that February performance class. And I believe they signed like 28 guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, he lost an open challenge on June 1st to Kushida uh, and Adam Cole on June 22nd. So he's had a couple of matches. Uh, Briggs, who used the same name uh, on the Indies, it was the final Evolve champion, signed with WWE back in October 2020. Uh, just looking through. Jiro, trained by former WWE superstar Tajiri, mm-hmm. uh, known as... S- Sorry, who Eichmann Higuchi again? Sorry if I butchered that before coming to WWE. <laughs> made his debut uh, in a tag match on the May 7th, 205 Live. Teamed with August Gray as they beat Nice and Davari. They defeated the Bollywood Boys the next week, but then lost to Grizzled Young Veterans on the June 8th NXT. Uh, he, he's also defeated Tony Nice in his singles debut and then Davari the next week. So he's got a couple of win runs. Wins under his belt. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm looking at Ikim and Juro, and I think he might actually be the favourite to win. I could potentially see him and Carmelo Hayes being in the final, given that you know they've sort of both had already had some exposure on like you know two or five and NXT. Carmelo Hayes cutting, of course, like sort of recreating that ruthless aggression style promo between Kurt Angle and John Cena, where Adam Cole plays the role of Kurt Angle. Like that was actually a very 
very underrated match, but it was it was needed for Adam Cole to get some momentum for the Great American Bash. But it doesn't yeah. it doesn't harm Carmelo Hayes' stock in any way. Yeah, no, no, I, I know. Um, a familiar face on the Raw brand, uh, Duke Hudson. Duke Hudson, yeah. Um, previously went by Elliot Sexton and Tony Modra. Um, he was on Raw with Shane Fawn and MVP. Remember when they had a sort of the, yes. the, the precursor to the Hurt Business sort of thing? Yeah, because I only I only really remember Shane Thorne from TM sixty one, but then uh, yeah, was that that was Duke Hudson, wasn't it? Who he was teaming with yeah, when MVP he was, was looking for recruits. Brendan, Brendan Vink at the time. That's his name. That's because because yeah. you, you threw out like Sexton and to, uh, Tony. What was the other one? Modra. Tony Modra. Yeah, Tony Modra. Like, it's just gone by so many names; it's hard to keep track of. You know what it was, but Brendan Vink. It, yeah. I remember him. T- uh, this was like just as the the thun- the well the performance center pandemic era was just kicking off. Yeah. Um, well, as as last time, uh, the last tournament in 2019 uh, was this year's breakout tournament winner will receive a title shot of their choosing at any time. First tournament, obviously 2019. Jordan Miles got the win. He unsuccessfully challenged then NXT champion Adam Cole. I think with the amount of titles that NXT have now, don't think it will be too much of an ask for that person to like, win their title shot. I think you know, I'd yeah. I'd quite like I'd like them to go after the million dollar title. Like, <laughs> have, it, have it be like a storyline where, like. Cameron Grimes can only get out of um, like Butler duty. Yeah, Butler duty. When he, I'm trying to remember Eli Drake's name, just because we're going with so many former people, and I'm like Eli Drake. What was he? LA, LA Knight. Knight. Um, yeah, he can only get out of Butler duty if LA Knight loses the million dollar title, and then have like, the breakout guy win it. I mean that <laughs> that's a storytelling in itself. Or what if you had like a guy like Ikeman Jiro? going out against Isaiah Swerve Scott and Hit Row. Like, sort of two very sort of loud, brash, colourful personalities clashing over the North American title. And Isaiah Swerve has really sort of come into his own since the last breakout tournament. Like, because he was brushing shoulders with the cruiserweight division and stuff. But then he started to sort of gain a bit of, uh, a, bit of a character, a bit of an edge to him. And then... Creating the sort of hit row stable is probably the best thing that's happened to him so far. And now he's uh, he's got the NXT North American titles. So I, I definitely think he's definitely in a, a much, much better position compared to a lot of the other guys. Because Cameron Grimes, I'm surprised he's not won the NXT North American title yet. It, like Swerve's practically overtaken him by that point. Yeah, it, it's been the sort of title of um, choice, hasn't it, for the breakout star winners? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Bronson Reed and Isaiah Swerve Scott sort of winning it. Cameron Grimes has a few flirtations with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's good to see. Was Damien Priest not in the breakout tournament or did he have his No, own? he was, uh, I think he was just straight from the performance centre. Right, no worries. I thought he was in the breakout tournament. Well, uh, we all know how much you love Damien Priest, so I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm just glad you mentioned him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how could we forget? But Oh, I, I will never, for those that don't know, uh, our ESSR draft, there was a seat that I believe it was a five or series to Royal Rumble season, 
I was doing quite poorly and had given up about week two because half my team disappeared. And then I jokingly said, you'll all be sorry when Damien Priest shows up and wins the Royal Rumble. And lo and behold, jokingly, seeing nothing online, and as I'm sitting watching the Rumble, I hear his, dun-dun-dun-dun. I'm like, yes! <laughs> and he, I think, I thought I was going like, oh, well, good night, I could finish seventh. I think I ended up finishing like fifth out of 12 at that season because Aye. he flew me right up the tape because he eliminated like four people. Yeah, and including Kane as well. Exactly. <laughs> I sent Scott a message saying, get it up, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk about, you know, sad stories of the ESSR draft. I don't. Uh, make, on. <laughs> uh, make sure you tune in to Saturday Draft Live this week because I'll be reflecting on the, well, in hindsight, now the very poor decision of putting my captaincy on Jimmy Uso. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> um, yeah, the breakout tournament um, it's going to be an interesting one I, I do like when new people are brought in with storylines it's it's quite good, let them just fight it out together um, so news a bit closer to home uh, Doug Williams has returned to ICW um, a big get for them they're in their sort of performance centre era at the moment as well they're um, mm-hmm. They're in the asylum up in Glasgow. And Doug Williams is such a big get for when there's no fans in attendance. Like, it's, I think it shows, you know, Doug, uh, ICW, since it's been on the network, has found a lot of new fans. A lot of the imports can't come over because of travel restrictions. So a lot of homegrown talent are getting a chance to shine, you know. Uh, I'd say friend of the show, but he doesn't like any of you except me and Kwaku. Uh, ADM is doing very well. <laughs> uh, you know, so I, it'll be... It, it's really interesting, David, to see someone of that calibre in empty arena shows. Uh, he's definitely one of the biggest names in the British wrestling scene at the minute. And correct me if I'm wrong, was he not part of British Invasion in TNA? Yes. Yeah. So he's already got that sort of star quality about him you know if, given that he, you know if he hadn't already had it to begin with but that's a massive massive grab for icw but then again you do icw has brought in a lot of big name talent over the years like just a few years ago at shug's house party you'd uh cowboy james storm no no against... I'm, not, I'm not denying that icw brought in big stars what i'm saying is for this Certainly an independent promotion, you know, to, to bring in Doug Williams at the moment is a mm. big thing. Aye. My guess is is maybe because ICW is on the network, on the WWE network now, I think they need something to sort of maybe entice more uh, more, more fans in. Because maybe not, not everybody wants to see, you know, homegrown talent. I think they need something to sort of, you know, curb their enthusiasm. Like a recognisable face that they all know and love and see how he interacts you know, with people from a specific uh, area or promotion. So I'm I'm curious as to see how they'll how they'll handle them. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Um we see I the promo package I seen from his return, I believe he's going after Kez Evans. Kez is the current uh, Zero G champion with uh, Noam Dar being a part, part sorry prominent feature in NXT UK. They can't really use him as the ICW champion at the moment. So that by, you know, the Zero G title sort of become the de facto world championship. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like um, like when Brock Lesnar disappeared with the Universal title and the Intercontinental title became the, the main event match. Aye. It's, so it'll be interesting to see where he is there. Um, we'll move on to our last story, and it's less a story, more a preview towards Money in the Bank. I had Scott on last week, we were talking about it. Um, the final qualifying matches for the men's Money in the Bank and the final... Thunderdome Smackdown and God does that feel good to say because as mm-hmm. as as good as the Thunderdome was, you can't beat the the reaction of a live crowd. Yeah, but you'll have much less pyro this time around and I know Quacky won't be happy with that. <laughs> um but the last two qualifiers for the Money in the Bank, uh, Seth Rollins against Cesaro and uh, Happy Corbin against King Nakamura. Um Jesus wept. And so we've already got quite a field in the Money in the Bank ladder match already. You've got Drew McIntyre, John Morrison, Ricochet, Riddle, Kevin Owens. Uh, that's that, isn't it? Uh, Biggie. Biggie and Biggie. Who do you, do you think the winner will come from one of these qualifying matches or do you believe the winner's already in the match? Uh, that's interesting because it could go different ways but what I will say is I don't think Drew's winning I think it's got to go to one of these sort of upper mid card guys and if I've got my draft head on which I normally do you know being a part of SDL I think there's every chance Cesaro could get it but I do not see a uh, I do not see a match where Cesaro wins money in the bank I, I don't see him qualifying well that being said I mean, they have been very sort of stop-start with Cesaro, but um, I think if I was to pick a safer bet, I'd actually go with Big E. Big E, seemed, Big e was Scott's answer. Big E is a lot of people in the in our community answer. Um, I think this is sort of, a, not a now or never, but th- there's a period where guys are look really hot as single stars. You know, Big E's been, a, been over for years as a tag team. He's had a couple of feuds as a singles guy. He had the feud with Sheamus. I really enjoyed that. He had the Intercontinental title run. He was in a prominent match this year at WrestleMania for the IC title. Mm-hmm. He's he's done his time in the IC title scene. I believe this is his time to get into the main event. And rumours of him going back to Raw to challenge Bobby Lashley. Um, That'd be huge. Yeah, I think... I think the way we're looking at it, I think Bobby's going to run. What they say about him getting drafted, the thing about Money in the Bank is you don't need to be drafted. Not necessarily, no. It's I think it's I think it will create some interesting feud. Like it'll create an interesting dynamic. You know, if Big E wants to continue as a singles guy, but he's still on the same show as the rest of the New Day, like that, I think would give sort of a a new a new direction for the New Day specifically. And you know, they're the most entertaining. I think they're the one of the most entertaining things WWE's got right now. So why not? capitalize when all three of them are on the on the same show uh you almost forget as well that Big E was actually was uh the last time Big E held the intercontinental championship was in 2013 yeah, so he's, yeah. It's, been, it's been an eight-year gap between holding his two intercontinental titles yeah and what about the Nakamura Corbin match you see any of them having a Ooh. chance of winning it or do you think yeah I I think Nakamura definitely needs to be in it because you know it's Corbin, you know, he's in this state of his character's in this state of depression now, and I think it 
it, it needs to be sort of taking a step further, you know, make him fail to qualify for the money in the bank. And I think that's what will push him over the edge to, to change his character. But I will say this, though. Nakamura and Boogs are probably... I never imagined that those two guys would be the ones to actually make me actually at least have a little bit of lightness towards Pat McAfee. <laughs> you know, Pat, just with his response to that entrance alone is enough to you know even put a smile on my face because I, I mean god knows i hated him down in nxt the character he portrayed and he was you know trying to take the place of the undisputed era when nobody can take the place of the undisputed era like him on commentary is a breath of fresh air and nakamura and boogs just brings out the best in him as well as those two yeah absolutely boogs is allowed nakamura to show a bit more charisma that maybe Maybe he was holding back, or maybe WWE just weren't letting him show, you know what I mean? And now he's got the, the crown for the King of Strong Style. Um, I'm, I'm going to talk to you about a news story bef- uh, in the women's division. It's our last proper news story before we go and you know, preview the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, Dewdrop, formerly known as Piper Niven, formerly known as Viper, um, currently teaming with Eva Marie at the moment. Uh, Eva Marie, sort of this delusional manager who's not actually doing anything, but taking all the credit. Um, Vince McMahon is said to be quite the fan of uh, the former Piper Niven Dewdrop and the storyline that she's in with Eva Marie at the moment. What do you make of that? Please don't call her Dewdrop. Like, it's just such a stupid name. Like, Piper Niven is one of the most talented wrestlers in the world, and it's good to know that Vince is actually very high on her at the minute because, if anything, that shows she's doing... Her her in-ring work is doing the storytelling for her. And it's very much needed, you know, when, you know, you're she's kind of basically stuck in a in an awful, awful partnership with Eva Marie, who I don't think anybody gives a damn about her at the minute. They just want to see somebody like Piper Niven excel. And, you know, she can go on and have matches with the likes of Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, even, you know what, Nikki Ash, Nikki Cross, whatever she's called now. Like... Those two, you know, they've they've got history in ICW. They that's something that's that could book itself. So See, if you get if you get Piper Niven as a breakout star, a single star, it could I think she'd even give Rhea Ripley a run for her money, even Charlotte Flair at a push. I I didn't like the the storyline to start with. I thought she was going to be portrayed, portrayed sorry, as like this sort of clumsy, like haha, look at her because she's not the stereotypical you know, supermodel figure that Vince wants for these women and Eva Marie is. But as the storylines went on, it's like Eva going, oh, I'm giving her tough love when she refuses to get into the match. Piper then wins it. She takes the credit. Uh, she's calling her Dewdrop when she went, my name is Pike, like she got cut off. Um, she's not being allowed to speak for herself. She's sort of like, all right, well, I think she's helping me, you know what I mean? She's in this... I don't, I don't mind the storyline. I think Eva Marie's meant to be this horrible person. They're playing into the fact that she's not the best in-ring person. And I I want to see where this can go. So the reason I brought this up before the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match, uh, in the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match, we have Asuka Naomi, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross uh, from Raw. Uh, we have Carmella and Zelina Vega from SmackDown. We talked earlier about um, how we thought 
Liv Morgan would eventually get into the match. Do you see either Eva Marie or Dewdrop qualifying uh, anytime soon? I, well, now that you've said, you know, Eva Marie's obviously claiming wins and stuff, and she's been doing that since this angle started, it would not surprise me if there was a last chance qualifier match. Do Piper, I nearly said it, Piper Devon wins it. I'm not calling her Dewdrop, it's a stupid name. Piper Nevin wins it, but then Eva Marie takes the spot in her place. Like, and can you imagine? Like, can you imagine the? Because I think Money in the Bank's meant to be in front of a crowd, right, in Fort Worth, yeah. Texas. Can you imagine the fans' reaction if on the night Eva takes Piper's spot and she's on the verge of winning it? Like, it would be the biggest negative heat reaction I think anybody could ever face. Could you imagine if they'd done the... Remember the James Ellsworth one where he brought it down and handed it to Carmella? Uh-huh. Could you imagine... No, don't, 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 yes, don't, don't. Yeah, I'm don't, saying it. No, no. Taking the case and no, giving it to Eva No, Marie. no, 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 no. Do you know what you want? It's happening. Please don't say that. <laughs> like, if it was any... If there was any shining light in this universe, like... I would actually want Nikki Cross to win this Money in the Bank ladder match. So Nikki does have a new gimmick. She is almost a superhero. Uh, where the returning Zelina Vega, Carmella, who's a two-time winner, Alexa Bliss, former winner, Naomi, Asuka, she's a former winner. Uh, we look like we might have Liv Morgan in it. Um, so you want Nikki Cross to win? I want Nikki Cross, yeah. Yeah. If you were thinking logically and not with the heart. Who would you think is the best chance of winning here? Well, it depends where the last slots go to. You know, let's assume Liv Morgan gets one of those. And if for some shenanigans that that worst case scenario that you described with Piper and Ava. Yeah. I... It would not surprise me in the slightest if WWE went for that booking. But what I really, really hate about Money in the Bank in the last couple of years is winners where they've won the briefcase by not even climbing the ladder. Like I got so infuriated with the Carmella's first win when James Ellsworth just dropped it. I was I had the same response when AJ and Corbin dropped it to Otis. Uh, if, if that happened a third time with Eva Marie and Pipe, like Piper dropping it to Ava, like I would like I would just want to rage quit, like just no. Fair enough. Um, just reading at the moment some that um, NXT officials are apparently very pissed off. Sorry, WWE officials are um, very pissed off at um, Jimmy Uso. And there is some, there is action going to be taken against them. So hopefully the action is, as we said, goes to rehab and, you know, gets help. Because if not, then the only suitable thing to do is sack them. It's either going to be one of the two. Mm-hmm. And to end it on a, to end this on sort of, this show on a very nice note, you know, a nice wee story to end it. Um, A fightful select... Uh, report, um, you know, I, I've been on here, Dave, you've heard many a Central and many a show where I've 
I've tried to rebook the Cruiserweight division. I've mm-hmm. tried to, you know, get more eyes on the Cruiserweight division. I've tried to tell WWE what to do. And, well, it's apparently... Apparently, WWE has big plans for Roderick Strong. Yes, Roddy. Leader of the Diamond Mine. Uh, They are looking to add marquee value to the Cruiserweight title. And Strong versus Kushida for the Cruiserweight title is in the plans. Mm -hmm. Apparently, Strong features into NXT's 2021 plans in a quote-unquote major way. Well, I like where this is going. Because that that means... 75% 75% of the Undisputed Era will be in prominent spots on NXT. There you go. Like, I'm a happy man. Yep, so nice to see a veteran like Roderick Strong sort of getting getting his due, and it's nice to see the Cruiserweight division getting a main event marquee match with people like Kushida and Roderick Strong. Can I just say, I think he's already kind of earned his due with the, the North American title run that he got, uh, you know, when he was part of Undisputed Era. This would just be a nice sort of bounce back, sort of a future after the Undisputed Era. You know, he can be his own man again. No, oh, I know, I know. I'm just saying it's nice to see him get his due and the Cruiserweight division at the same time is getting a reset. You know what I mean? It's oh, nice sorry, so two, so two birds with one stone then. Exactly, yes. Got you. Well, thank you for correcting me and joining me here tonight, David. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, that's a horrible habit I've got. I'll do my best to oh, try and right. curb it. It's all right. We've we've had fun. I mean, we we recorded this later than usual. We recorded it a day later than usual, and apparently every story's decided to break on the Wednesday. So we've kind of lucked out today. Yeah, lucky us. Yeah, just yeah, sometimes uh, good things come to those that wait. There you go. So think about this next time he's moaning about where your central is. Uh, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, if you want to send me more abuse on Twitter, you can do it at Stephen W one one nineteen. You can send. All your queries, all your questions, and all your... Just if you want to say hi to the team, at Suplex Retweet, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet community. Um, join us there if you want to get involved in the conversation. Uh, we always ask for the opinions of our members before we do feature shows. You know, We've recently done a Mount Rushmore of tag team wrestling. We've done a Mount Rushmore of NXT before. We've done... I believe we're doing stables and impactful debuts. So, you know, get on there and let us know what your favourite sort of things are. You know, get in the conversation. Yep. Even after the show's aired, you impact- just want to say, hey, I quite liked, you know, The Shield. Fire away. We'll talk uh, impact- to you. Impactful debuts was our feature show this week. There you go. So if you want to listen to it and if you want to, you know, maybe go, hey, I think this team should have been in or hey, I wasn't sure about this team. Come on, let us know. Uh, and of course, if you want to listen to the massive back catalogue of news, interviews, reviews, and previews, then it's Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, and all good Android podcasting sites. Once again, thank you, Dave, for joining us. Hi, happy to be here. And, you know, nice to be back on Central. Nice to have you back. And we'll see you all again very soon. Bye bye now. Sports Social Podcast Network.